1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: World Soccer Talk Radio is here with you on the Sports Byline broadcasting network thanks for subscribing to us on itunes TuneIn, and stitcher and a very special hello to the men and women listening overseas on the american forces network my name is nate aberea check out the website worldsoccertalk.com and find me on twitter at nate wst find us all at World Soccer Talk and at sports byline usa for updates on the program A very special guest is going to be with us in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. Jay Demerit. that's right, the former Watford center back, Vancouver Whitecaps man. And we'll even talk about... Southall and Northwood, those lower division clubs in England that got it all started. Talk about Jada Merritt's time with the U.S. men's national team. And if you don't know Jada Merritt's story, check out Rise and Shine, the Jada Merritt story. It came out back in 2011, a fantastic documentary about a man who went from non-league to Premier League as an American traveling around the U.K., also traveled around Europe. And his story is something that I share with youth players all the time. I work in minor league baseball. I share the Jay Merritt story with, with minor league baseball guys. I share it with anybody who's an aspiring comedian, actor, singer, traveling all over the world, staying in hostels and couch surfing, knocking at every door of opportunity in hopes of getting seen by the right eyes. I mean, that's what it's all about. If you want it, get it. Rise and shine, baby. It is a great privilege to have Jay Demerrit on the show. And again, whether you're a soccer player or anything that is a, a performance-based profession, his story is something that can provide inspiration. Check out Rise and Shine, the Jay Demerrit story. I've been anxious to have Jay on the show ever since we got this thing started. I've wanted to interview Jay Demerrit since I was in high school when I first heard about what he was doing and why. Watching him rise to prominence uh, with Watford, an incredible story that got him all the way to the Premier League and a World Cup in 2010 with the U.S. men's national team. Jay Demerit with us on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Sick and tired of paying more than hundred bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, legal. Copa America and more with Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two week free trial so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to Fubo.tv slash radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only six ninety nine per month. So sign up at FUBO.tv slash radio right now. F wbotv radio and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or
3: on the go. Soccer fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSP, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. For your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Poland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Eredivisie games, featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more, plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac, and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesockertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesockettrial.com Cheers new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline with a chance to upgrade your drive when you fill up at Shell. Introducing the 100 BMWs and 100-day sweepstakes. Swipe your Fuel Rewards card to enter to win a BMW 320i. Don't have a card? Get one free at participating Shell stations or visit fuelrewards.com win. Offer on September 8, 2015. No purchase necessary. See official rules at shell.us win. Void in Maryland, New Jersey and Virginia where prohibited by law.
2: here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. It is a great privilege to welcome in our guest in this edition of the show. It is Jay Demerit, the former Watford, Vancouver Whitecaps, and U.S. Men's National Team center back, and the uh, showpiece of the Rise and Shine Jay Demerit story. Jay, how you doing? Thank you so much for coming on.
4: My pleasure, Nate. How are you, Bud?
2: I'm doing great, and so uh, we got a whole lot to talk about, and uh, as as many people know, love going down memory lane on this show, so we have quite a bit to talk about in regards uh, to your story and, and all that that goes with it, but I think what a lot of people are curious about is, what are you up to these days after uh, retiring, uh, after after last season, what are you doing uh, here in, in 2015?
4: <laughs> well... That's a, that's a whole nother topic altogether, to be honest, Nate. But uh, uh, yeah, your it, 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 retirement certainly isn't slowing me down. That's for sure. You know, a lot of people don't know that before I was an athlete, I was a design student in Chicago. Um, so I, I actually got my degree in product design. So it's uh, one of the things I've been doing is uh, uh, more or less getting back into the creative side of life. I started a, a stereo company, designing stereos out of uh, out of wood and. Um, uh, and also on, uh, uh, turning old suitcases into boomboxes. So we put speakers and amps and Bluetooth all in these old suitcases and we, we kind of reinvent the boombox, so to speak. And then living in BC here in Canada, of course, there's a never ending supply of, of wood and cedar and all those types of things. So I'm making little personal stereos out of logs and big coffee table stumps and stuff that has speakers built right in them. So that's one of the things that we're certainly doing. And secondly is, uh, you know, you're trying to stay involved in the game, of course. I've been doing some TV work uh, here for TSN Networks, which is kind of the ESPN of Canada. Um, also, you um Starting with uh, my wife and I have ten acres in the mountains, and one of one of the things I really want to do again kind of promoting this the rise and shine uh, you know mentality and things like that is to create almost a camp out soccer camp for kids uh, of a teenager age about thirteen to nineteen um, but the kids will come and they'll stay right on the property and we'll have we'll put them through not only elite soccer training but also um, you know life skill training you know what I've seen throughout the many years of uh, of my career is that the youth of today is uh, they 're they're becoming very one sided if they 're an athlete they 're an athlete only and they don 't really have the skills necessary in case they don 't make it and for me that 's a huge passion is to you know educate kids to know, to know that it 's okay to be great at soccer, but you all should, should be good at something else in case it doesn 't work out so we 'll do a whole life skills program along with uh, the, the soccer curriculum for a three or four day period and get these kids out of their element up in the mountains and uh, inspire them to you know to be more than just athletes and I think that for me is, is where my main passion lies now as far as what we want want to do giving back as athletes
2: well first off i i want to know where i can get a canadian cedarwood uh boom box i'm i'm in on that and i was actually going to ask you a little bit later in the show about these these rise and shine camps which are i believe going to be uh starting to launch in in 2016 and so i'm glad that you you brought those up but uh ne- next year we're kind of looking at uh, for for the launch of of those camps that you talk about
4: yeah i think uh hopefully by the end of next summer the one thing we have to do is uh build Build the facility first, you know, a place to, that the kids will be able to stay, and little log cabins and things like that, along with a big barn, will we'll hold all the interactive meals and all these other kind of cool things we'll have throughout the curriculum. And this year is all about doing some dry runs, starting to figure out what works with that age group, and you know what really what the kids really respond to, because ultimately that's what you want to do. You want to be able to mentor these kids with a great mentorship program of ex-coaches, ex-professional players that all surround throughout my career, and then also just introduce new ideas. You know, for me, it's it's about educating. These kids to make sure that they know that uh, you know they're going to need other skills in their life. Uh, Soccer for the one percent that actually make it as pro, it's kind of like okay, this is what you need to know if you make it. But for the ninety nine the ninety nine percentile of the kids that won't end up having a career as a professional soccer player introduce ideas of hey maybe uh, maybe you 'd be interested in design or maybe you'd be interested in the medical profession or the law or whatever and, and kind of introduce ideas to these kids throughout this curriculum where you know where you offer you know I think a lot of times uh, the, the, the big clubs in the world the, the youth programs of the world are doing a great job of creating better soccer players don't get me wrong that, that that's also should be a priority, but also they should be creating better people and i, I don 't see as much of that nowadays as I used to as far as the, you know, the quality of kids that are coming out of these youth programs. And by the time they're 18 and have to figure it out on their own, uh, like I had to do, uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, a lot of those skills are lacking. And for me, that, that's disappointing because I think we have the ability to give these kids skills at a younger age along with the soccer program.
2: Well, Jay, it sounds like a, a, a retreat, a vocational school, and a soccer camp all rolled into one. It's it's some fantastic stuff, and uh, be sure to stay tuned for all that, the Rise and Shine camps uh, from Jay Demerit. So you talk about wanting to stay in touch with the game, so got to get into some, some nitty-gritty stuff real quick. How much of the Gold Cup uh, did you watch, Jay, and uh, what did you make of, uh, of the U.S.'s performance in the tournament?
4: Uh, Well, I've I've been actually asked that quite a bit over the last uh, couple weeks. And, you know, the Gold Cup is always the standard you want. If you should be winning a Gold Cup, if you keep the standard that Jürgen Klinsmann has set. Um, So I think, naturally, that the team will be disappointed. Uh, But I think what the Gold Cup also shows is that the quality of the CONCACAF region is continuing to get better every year. Uh, You you know, 10 years ago, or or even 6 years ago, when I played in the Gold Cup in, in 2007, it was, it was, uh, and in 2009, it was, uh, you know, it's every year you're, you're, you're getting these group games that are tougher and tougher. And then you get to the quarterfinals and the semis, and games, games certainly don't get any easier from there. So I think the longevity of the tournament is great, it, but it's also showing that teams like Jamaica, who now are, you know, have, have a squad that's deep with players that play in the Premier League and all around the world, you know, they're, they're showing that uh, they, they want to come and compete. And that means beating U.S. and Mexico, who have dominated this CONCACAF division for many, many years. And for me, I think that's the positive you've got to take out of it. By no means do I think that the U.S. shouldn't make a final of the Gold Cup because they should. Um, but that being said, uh, you got to give credit where credit due, and that's to the other countries that are developing better programs.
2: Well, we said that going in that this was the deepest field in, in my opinion, was the deepest field in the history of the Gold Cup, going all the way back uh, to to ninety one. And whether it was Costa Rica, Honduras crashing out in in the group stage, and and Mexico and the USA, Panama's performance in this tournament, Gap is getting deeper and deeper. There is no mistaking that now. How do you feel about the USA back line situation, and what's that like for you as a former men's national team defender watching some of what's going on uh, in, in the U.S. defense here this year?
4: Um, well, you know what? I think uh, you know, these are young guys that are, that are really trying to learn the international game. You know, like the John Brooks of the world you know, you can see his athleticism you can see the uh, you know the quality he has in both boxes and that's not only you know defending and being a physical presence always but also scores goals on the other opposite end and and, and that's a great quality you can have as a center back but I think you know tightening that screw a little bit more at the highest level is is is, is the key you know and that's and that's staying with runners in a box it's not losing guys on corners and I, and I think that comes with experience you know the more you play against you know the best forwards in the world. you more the more you learn their tendencies, and I think he he gets great opportunities in the world stage. But it's showing the level that he needs to get to. And there's a couple other guys again in that in that same setup that maybe uh, you know could get a little bit less sloppy. I suppose that, you know that that's kind of a harsh term, but in a way you can see throughout, throughout ninety plus minutes these guys are doing their jobs. But at the highest level, it's that one second that means all the difference. And that's in the Premier League, that's in the best league in the world. And I think that they're just lacking a little bit of that one second switch on or that mentality that gets you through those games with clean sheets. But I don't think they're far away. And, that, and again, I think that just comes with more experience that these guys will eventually learn over the next year.
2: Jay, we got about a minute uh, before we got ahead to break and, and I love you touching on, on John Brooks of, of all the center backs because, you know, in, in watching the Rise and Shine story and, and studying your career, many coaches in England, that was, that was their word to describe you. This guy is raw. And so, I mean, do, do you see some of, of yourself in, in a guy like John Brooks and, and what, what can he do to, to really, you know, propel himself to that next level and become, if you want to call it, less sloppy?
4: yeah no i absolutely, and I think you know again the way you clean up sloppiness is by experience and that means playing for your club every week. It means facing different types of forwards every week and thankfully when i when I finally made it in my career, um you know I was doing that i was i I had the opportunity to play thirty thirty five games a season, you know my second year. Uh, I was, uh, you know, my third year as a pro, which is about the where you want to be. You know, I, I think you you gain experience in about thirty five to f- to fifty games, and and that means, you know, that means you got to play for your club, and then international, that's a whole another level. So I think, um, you know, I, I, that stuff comes with experience and getting time. You know, and and I, and I see that coming. I see his little the little things that uh, the little mistakes he may make. Uh, are, are getting better. Uh, by no means are they gone. Uh, but again, uh, I'd like to see his communication, his organization, a little bit better. You know, again, there's a lot of people don't understand, but uh, maybe they do that. But as a center half, half of your job isn't isn't winning headers and, and being a good defender. It's organizing your team. It's getting guys in line, getting key people in the right position. The midfielders in front of you, etc., etc. That your right back and your left back playing together as a back four, pushing lines up, you know, dropping lines in. All those kind of things. The organizational part is almost just as important as the physical part and that comes with experience too and that means reading the game and things like that and you only get that from experience so you know I think he just as long as he keeps playing for his club I think he'll continue to to get better and better for the U.S. national team.
2: Well, whether whether it's Gonzalez, whether it's Alvarado, whether it's Brooks, all these guys are young, raw talents, and it is going to come with time. So we'll see who the center back pairing, what the center back pairing is going to be on October the 9th at the Rose Bowl in that Confederations Cup playoff on a Friday night in Pasadena. Cannot wait for that. We're back with more with Jay Demerit right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We're taking a trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and then we're heading to Europe on the other side of the break. Stay tuned.
3: The fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSV, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. With your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Poland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Divisi games, featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more. Plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesocccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesocccertrial.com. Cheers.
0: Are you sick and
2: tired of paying more than a hundred bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1, Copa America, and more. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two-week free trial, so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to Fubo.tv slash radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash radio right now. F WBO.TV radio and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or on the go.
5: Want to be the next great sports announcer? Check out Rabble.tv, where you call the action. You already know more than the guys on TV. It's time to show the world what you can do by sharing your insights and opinions about the sports you love. Like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, MMA, wrestling, and more. Everything from the biggest matchups in the world to a game right in your neighborhood. Join other Rabblers who are creating a fresh, new type of audio entertainment. So mute the audio coming from that network guy who never liked your team anyway, and let us hear what you think. Travel.tvarea
2: back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports By Line Broadcasting Network. Jay Demerit is our guest in this edition of the show. And Jay, there's so many different places we could start uh, with with your story. And I figured what better place to start than bayport high school in green bay wisconsin and uh, in in watching the documentary and watching the rise and shine story and 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 following your career you if i'm not mistaken didn't play soccer your freshman year of high school and so i gotta ask you what got you on the field uh in high school and and what were those high school soccer days like uh in in green bay
4: well, everyone that knows Green Bay, Wisconsin, knows that uh, the Packers pretty much rule all there. So, growing up in a in a in a in a football culture was was something that uh, was was really interesting because I played football. Uh, but again, growing up in Wisconsin, midwestern town, you know, I, I was a, I was just an athlete, and, and I played basketball in the winters. I played uh, you know soccer and football in the in the fall. And ran track in the spring, so I guess I was kind of your every every man athlete. And then as I got to the kind of sixteen, seventeen, where you have to kind of start making choices as far as you know where you're going to bring all your time. Um, I, I was I was really small at the time. I was only five foot six as a, as a sixteen year old. So you know my, my football days seem to be numbered, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, you know at, at that point, and soccer is you know one of those fantastic sports where you can be any size and be good. And uh, you know, again being a well rounded athlete allowed me to adapt and um as I as I got older and a little bit bigger, my soccer career kinda of took off with me and I still played basketball and track all through high school. Uh I actually had a a division three scholarship to go play basketball, but a division one sports scholarship uh was my goal and uh University of Illinois, Chicago came and, and, and kinda of right at the last minute offered me a partial scholarship to go down there and play, but a lot of people also don't know that I was a forward in high school. I was the leading goal scorer for my team. I had like 23 goals, and obviously I've gone on to become a professional defender. So, again, you kind of look at all the obstacles that were in my way. But my first year in Chicago, there was some, there was two injuries to a defender, and we didn't have any left in our first preseason tournament down in Jacksonville, Florida, and. Um, my coach just saw my raw athletic ability, and he said, "Have you ever tried to play defender before? We were run out of defenders, and you're kind of on the bench as a forward right now. And, but I see your athletic ability, and we we played a man marking system back then, and a three a three back system. And it was more like more or less of, hey, take that good forward from that team and mark him out of the game." And, you know, I'd been doing that in basketball for my, my whole life. That was kind of my <laughs> job on the basketball court was to go and mark their forward and shut him down from scoring. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, defend, defending is, is, is it's more or less a mentality. It has to start with a mentality, a willingness to compete, a willingness to go out there and defend and make somebody's day difficult. And, you know, thankfully, I had that naturally ingrained in me from the other sports that I had learned. So the transition... For me, maybe wasn't as hard as some of the other guys that that have tried that, but it certainly was the right move. And you know, I I credit that coach for seeing that in me uh, early on in my college days. And then, you know, again, just a year later, uh, I was I was uh, uh, you know an all conference defender, which is which is crazy, but definitely true.
2: So after college uh, at the University of Illinois-Chicago, you, you played quite briefly for the Chicago Fire uh, premier team, one of the reserve sides uh, of, of the then-new boys uh, in, in Major League Soccer, uh, the Chicago Fire. There were no full offers from MLS teams. And so here begins the, the real meat of the, of the rise and shine, Jada Merritt story. When did you first decide uh, to head to
4: Europe? Well, it was you know when the MLS draft came in 2002, uh, when I was uh, just graduating from university, it was important for me to finish school. You know, I knew I'd have to do it the hard way, so I also knew that if you sometimes when you do it the hard way, you don't you don't make it. So uh, I I wanted to make sure I got my degree first. So I I finished design school, uh, finished my career there at at a university level, and wanted to make sure that uh, you know I had that to fall back on, and that kind of gave me the license. And of course, my parents' support. and and, and other people. I worked uh, a couple jobs all through the last couple years at university, so I was kind of in the workforce and had saved up some money. And You know, I knew at the time, like you said, I'd been playing for the Chicago Fire Reserves and – the, 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 I talked to the head coach of the Chicago Fire, and they're like, "You know what? We, you can stay here in the setup, but we're not we're not going to, you know, take a chance on you. We're bringing in some other guys." So I, I knew I'd have to start at the bottom somewhere. And, and at that time, I had I had I'd been playing with a, an Englishman that was living in Chicago with his dad at the time, he at the was uh, said. In a month, I'm going back to live with my mom in London. You should, you should come. I think your game fits the physicality and the athleticism that you need in, in England. And he understood the game and understood who I was as a player. And he kind of just said, "You know what? Let's let's go and 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 we'll we'll figure it out." And that was kind of the planting of the seed that I needed. I you know I'm a I'm a man that has a thirst for adventure and life stories and all that kind of stuff and you know, my opportunities were slim in the U.S. and my opportunities were slim the rest in the world. So I knew I'd have to start at the bottom and why not start in a place where that, that light at the end of the tunnel is that much bigger. And that was the U.K. And I had an opportunity to live in the attic of of, of my friend's mom's house, <laughs> which, you know, an attic is, is, is better than outside and, uh, and and free for me. So that, that's, uh, that was a big influence, too. Uh, the fact that I had a roof over my head where I could, uh, you know, again, start at the bottom of that ladder and Then we traveled around Europe for the first month and knocked, literally knocked on doors. We had a whole map, European map of clubs and where they were and staying in hostels and this one was 20 bucks a night and that one was 30 bucks a night. Would we have enough money to make it? (laughs) We, we traveled around to Germany, uh, France and the Netherlands before we, uh, before we ended up heading, heading back to the UK because none of those, none of those tryouts really worked out.
2: Now I got to ask you about uh, the hostels in in places like Holland, Belgium, and and Germany and France. I mean, I, I've seen it in the documentary, and you got to laugh at it. The story of you know waking up to a you know nine people in a room, a seventy five year old man coughing and scratching himself, going, "What the hell are we doing here, Kieran?" And uh, you know, when you think back now as you're, you know, in, in British Columbia, living this, this incredible stage of life, and you think back to those days in, in European hostels, I mean, what are what are some of the stories that stand out, uh, and, and memories that stand out, and please feel free to, to
4: share any of them here. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's a good question, but, you know, I, I really look to that time a lot, and as I go into my new, you know, ventures in my own, in, in my new life as a, as a retired athlete, you know, I, I try to get back to that mindset, and that's, you know, you got to put in the work. That, that, that's the hard part. That you know, the the, the ability to, to start things from the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I look at you know, like again, kind of laughing at myself at times. Uh, you know, again, that was my first introduction to bed bugs. Seeing a 75 year old <laughs> guy in like a Raiders starter jacket and high tops that he had gotten from somebody else you know you know like at the foot of his bed and he's just in bed itching and there's not again there's not eight other people in this nine room nine bed hostel like bunk beds me and kieran are in our bed in a bunk bed and this guy is just up there and like scratching and like it's just like the the eerie stuff but you know again that's what i love about you know the experiences we have and can create in our lives it's you know putting yourself out there taking risks and and taking all that stuff in stride you know i came in i I knew that i wasn't going to land on English soil, go to Manchester United, the training ground, knock on their door and they give me a trial. You know, it doesn't work that way. You got to go in, you got to put in the work, you got to, you know, you go through these funny stories that you look back on and say, you know, that's, that's the meat of it. That's, that's, that's life. That, that, that's, that's the ability to go out there and take things on and, and challenge yourself and, and get better every day. And that's what I was doing in that stage of my life it's constantly reassessing where I was, how I can get better, what coach I need to talk to. I need to keep working on my left foot passing because I made three mistakes in that non-league game that I played. <laughs> you know, Again, you know, like just really, really being not only critical, but really trying to enjoy every step of the way too and understanding what each step means.
2: We got uh about a minute and a half before we got to head to break here but you know you, you talk about some of the responses that you'd get from clubs you talk about knocking on every door and now some people yeah you know leave your number leave your email address we'll we'll get back to you right you know well what were some of the the most you know hilarious responses that you got from people i mean did clubs ever you know straight up laugh in your face i mean did you ever get any sort of you know re- rejection like that that you look back on and kind of get some satisfaction out of maybe how you were treated by some people or was everybody pretty cordial
4: um, I mean, generally, it's, it's pretty cordial. I mean, I, like I said, no one really took us on trial for the most part. I, I, but the one story that, that we always like to tell is the one in, uh, um, um, we were at Anderlecht in Belgium. And... uh uh, and then we went to Royal Royal Antwerp the next day, and we had like we had literally had maps and bikes that we rented in in Rotterdam <laughs> and, and and in Belgium and stuff like that. We'd we'd get to this place and we would we would rent these bikes and then r- bike out to try to find the training grounds in the suburbs of these of these cities, and and that's one of the things. We we the guy we we went to the head office and the guy said, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in a second, and he, he made us wait out there for an hour. Like literally, there wasn't even paying attention to us, didn't even, and then I think he just realized after an hour that, oh crap, these guys are still out there. So then he came and he, and he, uh, he took our little resumes because we had the little, like, Fulham headed paper because our buddy that was in the UK was a scout for Fulham and he had seen us play non-league and he just wrote us a nice little recommendation letter and all this kind of stuff and, um, he, he let us sit there and, and then he never, he never came back. So then we wrote, like, on the back of the sheet, and I know this story is in the documentary, we wrote, like, a big your loss on the back of the of our <laughs> TV and, and literally, literally like, slid him under the door and then, like, not, like like kind of drop-kicked the door to make a really big noise, and then we ran back to our bikes and took off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jay Merritt with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio, the Sports by Broadcasting Network. We're heading to Southall, we're heading to Northwood, and we're heading to Watford, and then we're going to the World Cup on the other side of this break. Stay with us back after this.
1: Your summer going strong with great savings right now at Lowe's. Like $30 off select project source vanities, now only $39. Plus save up to $20 off select paint and primer, stain and sealant, and resurfacers. Don't miss out on summer's biggest savings at Lowe's. Lowe's, never stop improving. Vanity offer valid 722 through 84, excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Paint offer valid 722 through 817, valid on 114 through 640 fluid ounce containers only. See store or for details and exclusions, U.S. only.
5: Are you tired of network announcers who are clearly pulling for the other team? Check out Rabble.tv, a new kind of television experience where you are in control of the audio. Rabble.tv allows users like you to broadcast your insights and opinions about sports and entertainment. Free from the restraint of network predictability, Ravelers are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. Mute your TV and do your own play-by-play, provide running commentary, or just banter with your buddies. Or you can listen to other fans who love your team as much as you do. It's live. It's new. It's well. Rebel, Rebel. Rebel.TV.
2: World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Averea, and this Wednesday Tottenham Hotspur will take on the MLS All-Star team at 9 p.m. Eastern. And World Soccer Talk Radio listeners, I'd like to invite you to join my friend Matt Lichtenstatter, a proud Spur and an MLS fan going to be quite exciting to have Matt sharing his thoughts and opinions during the game live on Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you got to do, tune into the broadcast on TV, press the mute button, head over to Rabble, listen to Matt call the game. You can listen to the broadcast on your desktop, through your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Plus, join in by posting your own questions and observations in the comment section. Or create your own broadcast. Call one of your own team's games. Rabble is fantastic. Sign up for free today and try it out. Will the MLS win its first All-Star game in three years? Find out this Wednesday, July 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern with Matt Lichtenstadter live on RABBLE. For the continued support of World Soccer Talk Radio, making these shows possible, making it possible to have a guy like Jay Demerit here with us. And, Jay, let's pick up. Right where we left off, we're, we're going to depart from the European continent. We're going to head back to the U.K. And in 2003, you played briefly with a ninth-tier club uh, called Southall. And then in 04 came a preseason-friendly spell with a club known as Northwood FC. I think it's safe to say that those preseason friendlies, uh, one in particular with Northwood FC, ended up being uh, pretty beneficial, wouldn't you say?
4: <laughs> I certainly would. Yeah, and, you know, and again, this is kind of one of the great advantages of the UK and the concentration of, of eyes and the concentration of, of games in the UK is, you know, all it takes is one person in one stand or one old coach that knows a new coach and. In a place that's only the size of about one U.S. state, but yet has 96 professional teams and about 480 non-league non-league teams, uh, you know, again, the concentration is great, which means that the numbers are bigger, but it also means if you're doing the right things and you're getting better every week, somebody will see you, and that's what happened. You know, I just happened to be playing for Northwood, and I knew that the friendly against Watford was coming up, so... I made sure I was fit. I made sure I came in strong, and I made sure that I, I I played my best on that day, and I was ready for that opportunity. And sure enough, the the Watford uh, uh, coach came up to the the Northwood coach at the end of that game, and he said, "You know, we don't have any money this year to buy in a lot of bring in a lot of players." So. You know, we're looking for a center half and who's the, who's the blonde kid out at the back uh, against, uh, against us. And sure enough, the guy said, Oh, he's been, he's been over here for about a year and he's really playing his trade. He's getting better every week. And, and, and Ray Lewington, who was the coach at Watford at the time said, great. We'll take him on trial because obviously I was free <laughs> and he didn't have to pay for me. So that started the trial phase. And the trial phase was, uh, you know, usually, usually when people go on trial, it's two week trials. So you usually get one or two reserve games or, you know, preseason type friendlies. and and that happened to me thankfully i got i got uh, i was training with the reserves so i wasn't training with the first team so much but you know, i was getting I was getting good time on the reserve team so i was getting i played in two games i got the full 90 minutes for both those games and you know that was really my first sh- full shop window that i was able to create for myself you know you go to trial games or things like that sometimes you'll get three minutes 10 minutes at the end and you know that's not a really opportunity as far as I'm concerned as far as what you can showcase to show the coach what you have and you know that two-week trial playing with the reserves really allowed me to introduce who I was as a player and also show them that uh, although raw I had a lot of a lot of work to, to do still and uh, that's that's what happened and then the trial game with Real Zaragoza with, in a Watford shirt was was kind of my big opportunity
2: well, and you, you ended up getting on for the 04 05 season, and now let's jump uh, to the late stages of the 06 season, the final game of the 05 06 campaign. Watford in the championship playoff final versus Leeds, and you get the go ahead goal on just a Beautiful header off a corner kick early on in that game to put you guys up one nil. Watford ends up winning three nil. I've heard you describe in in other interviews and and conversations, you've described it as one of the greatest moments of your life, let alone your your footballing career. I mean, nine years later, with you know the, the perspective that you have nine years later, what does the moment still mean uh, to you when you think back uh, to that day in that in that championship playoff final against Leeds?
4: Well, you know, I always I always say when when people ask you, it, it, it was that was the moment. That that was the culmination of you know so many years' work. It was all my friends and family were in the stands that day. You know, like a lot of these things I, I did on my own. You know, like this is me for two three years just 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 out there and, and me me versus the world. And that game was kind of I'd been in pro now for a couple of years. I was starting to get more confidence as a player. I was becoming a better player too. I was learning a lot, but every week I was I was getting better and. You know, to make the playoff final to get to the Premier League was was a big goal for our team. It was a big goal for me, and and, and again, that was another opportunity to be to be in that spotlight. And you know, again, when I'm in those environments, I, I make sure I prepare right. Again, I make sure that I'm ready for, for for what I was there. And that was a set piece goal. It was something I had done on the training field so many times. And Ashley Young, you know, who's now gone on to play, have a fantastic career and now is at Man United. You know, he was he was our delivery guy. He took all of our set pieces and whipped in a great cross and. Sometimes you just got to put yourself on the line and, and go for it, and I kind of dove in, and there it was, back corner, and and, and we were up one 0 on on the, on the mighty Leeds, who everyone predicted would make it back to the Premier League, and you know this Watford team that A.D. Boothroyd created was a team that had so much confidence in each other, and so much, you know, I always talk about the team performances uh, uh, in my career, and and that those are the ones I get the most out of, and there's only two that I think of, that one. Um and then, then, then the USA performance against Spain when we beat Spain in the Confederations Cup semi-final. And those, those two games, uh, were, were amazing to me because not only was it an individual performance that had, that was worthy of, uh, of, of an accolade, but it was the team performance where every 11 pieces and plus subs did their jobs. We were all on the same page. And in those true moments, you really feel like you could beat anybody, and we did. And, and, and I think those are more special moments for me because of what soccer really represents. It's, it's a team sport, you know, and, 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 and that occasion, that playoff final, to get to the promised land, to get to the Premier League when no one gave us a shot, kind of was a metaphor for me and my story. So I kind of look to that game as really the culmination of all of all of the effort, all of all of the ideas and the mentality it takes to get to those moments, and then to see them come true is uh, was really really a special day for me.
2: Well, and Jay, I've talked to a number of Watford fans uh, over the years, even folks who were just watching that game. And if you haven't seen uh, this goal, you know, look, look it up. 05-06 uh, Championship Playoff Final Leeds-Watford in, uh, in the Millennium Stadium in, in Cardiff. And uh, it was one of the most authentically English goals. And, and, and I remember all throughout the documentary of the coaches saying, and, and your buddy and Kieran and even folks here in the States saying, you've got a game, a type of game that, that suits the, the English style. And it was such an English goal. A center half going up on a set piece, floated, but whipped to the back post and just lunging in, throwing the body on the line. And, and that was a goal that really endeared you in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, to the true gritty English football supporter and that's what i remember from from following that match and talking to people over in the uk and and then you play in the premier league the next season and and all, all that went with that well, it was just incredible but what i really want to talk to you about now is when the u.s men's national team came calling when when did you know that that was gonna gonna be something that was not just a dream anymore <laughs> and and what was the world cup 2010 like and especially when you think back on it now uh, five years later
4: well, for me, I like that time in 2006 because it was interesting because there, there we were. 2006 was the, was the, was a World Cup too, right? So, I was already playing in the English Championship, but no one really in the America had ever heard of me. Like I had so, I was so far under the radar. You know, Bob Bradley says now that he, he, had, he had heard of me from, from Chicago, but of course there was no interest in me. But then all of a sudden the World Cup in 2006 happens, and I just score a goal that gets us in the Premier League, and everyone's like, who is this American guy? And how is he not playing on the national team if he's just got his team in the Premier League? You know, so that was kind of an interesting time for me. But, but in all of reality, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to play at the world stage yet. And, uh, but, but that inspired me. I remember watching the World Cup in 2006, with it with my buddies in a bar in Chicago, and I just scored this goal, and I was going to play in the Premier League in 2006, and I was so excited to like kind of restart. I was like, I'm here now. I want to know the next World Cup in 2010. I'm going to be there, and that was kind of that was kind of an inspirational moment for me in 2006 with that with that kind of combination of things happening, and then uh, from there it was that was kind of a new goal set. Uh, you know, I, I became one of only eight Americans of the and that time playing in the Premier League. So of course that warranted. A uh, call up from Bob Bradley, and uh, and that got me into the system. And again, I, I, I talk a lot about mentality, and and that's kind of you know again shifting gears. And when you get back in now into this big challenge, it's like okay, now I'm the new guy on a new team again. You know, each time you come to a new team, it's like oh crap, here we go. Now I'm the new guy. Now I got to work to get in the starting lineup. And then once I work in the starting lineup, now I got to stay there. And how do you do that? Like all that kind of stuff. So it took me two and a half years to get into that US team lineup. I was in every camp. But uh, Oguchi and, and, and Carlos Brokonegger were the starters. And they didn't get injured. They didn't, I, I didn't really get an opportunity to play outside of, you know, a couple games in the Gold Cup just, to, again, to keep getting my feet wet. But, you know, it was about me keeping a mentality and, and making sure that when I did get my opportunity, and two years later it came in 2009 in the Gold Cup when Carlos Brokonegger went down with a groin strain, and that put me in the spotlight for the Confederations Cup because he was going to be out for the first two games. And then I was the next in line. So, you know, again, that Confederations Cup I hold uh, pretty close uh, to me as well because that really gave me my opportunity and, and, and really gave me a showcase to show Bob Bradley uh, what I had. And that catapulted me into the World Cup picture coming into 2010.
2: Jay, we've we've got under four minutes left with you. I wish we had a, a whole lot more time. But one of the things that I wanted to, to talk to you about, and I know we got to keep this relatively brief, but your soccer story promotion and relegation is is a massive part of it it's, it's a cornerstone of your story the greatest moment of your soccer career arguably uh, was was what propelled Watford up to the Premier League and, and this amazing story of promotion as the underdog in the final against Leeds so when you think through your your memory bank and you look back at, at your story and especially in England I talk about your story all the time with youth players here in this country and, and parents and club coaches here in the States, and I hear people all the time say that, well, it's too bad that here in America the Jade DeMeritt soccer story would not be possible based on a number of different structural issues uh, in the American soccer landscape. What do you think of that statement, that, that in our soccer culture this incredible story that you put together wouldn't necessarily be possible?
4: Uh, well, <laughs> I think uh, I think my story this obviously says otherwise, and it's, you know it's my job to make sure you continue to promote that idea that anything's possible if you if you if you navigate your situation in the correct way, you, you use the, the, the intangibles we all have and can develop to go and be successful and to, to change people's minds and to change people's perspectives, and you know that's that's my job uh, now moving forward. Um, but I don't think so. I, I think um, obviously structural. Uh, issues are different here in America. Obviously, the web is much bigger, uh, but there's only one professional league, so there is less guys to choose from. But that being said, that doesn't mean that you, you can't find the guy that's from, you know, Michigan or Texas or something that hasn't really, you know, made it so and so called into the the system, right? Like, and, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot more guys that don't make it into the system than there are that start in it, right? So oh, yeah. I, I would disagree with the fact that you know, you can't make it as a pro because of course you can. Of, of course, you, you just got to, you got to, you got to find the bigger net. You got to, you got to, you got to find your, uh, you, you know, your, your, your wormhole to go and sneak into that system. And, and, you know, and again, that, that's, that's convincing other people. It's trying new things. It's maybe changing position, for instance, you know, from a forward to a defender, you know, like there's, there's all sorts of ways to get through and find who you are truly as an athlete or as a, as a player. But, You know, the the system here is large, and and you're going to have to do a lot of work on yourself. A lot of people just expect things to happen, and unfortunately, that's not the way it works.
2: Well, Jay, I've, I've said for years that, you know, and ever since I started following you when I was 14, 15 years old and following your career and realizing that your story is something that can inspire not only soccer players, not only athletes. I open the show by saying that I share this, share your story with, with minor league baseball players all the time. I mean, sports broadcasters, singers, comedians, actors. I mean, the notion of, of traveling and knocking on every door of opportunity in hopes of, of getting seen by the right eyes it's something uh that can be applicable to so many performance-based uh, careers and thank you uh for for what you've done and what you continue to do by by sharing your story with the masses best of luck uh, with those rise and shine camps up in uh, in british columbia and uh, look forward uh to getting one of those canadian cedarwood uh, stereos sometime soon <laughs> really appreciate your time thanks right. you
4: again check those out no worries thanks again Nate. i appreciate uh uh, you having me on, and, and and you're right. You know, I, I appreciate the people that you know promote my story because my story, you know, my my rise and shine story is a soccer story. But what you know, what's yours, and and what what's the guy next to you? You know, like that that for me, the rise and shine is a mentality. It's 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 not a it's not a it's not a soccer thing. It's a, it's a mentality. It's a life story. And, and there's no reason that that you or anyone else can't do the same thing that I did if you, if you put the right my you know mental capacity and the physical capacity and the work ethic to to go and make things happen and you know again that's now what we've continued to promote and i look forward to doing more of it
2: absolutely cheers again jay
4: thanks Nate. take care
2: again that was jay Demerit. we're back after this on world soccer talk radio closing this thing out stay tuned
0: do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20 percent a year for 11 years It's not stocks, not bonds, it's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan silver dollars absolutely free.
1: Call Lear Capital now. 800-631-9229. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063, 800-957-6063. Attention
6: catheter users, stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month all at little or no cost to you we bill medicare put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters just use a catheter once and throw it away eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork shipping is free
2: world soccer talk radio back here with you on the sports byline broadcasting network taking the express train home another huge thank you to jay Demerit for joining us in this edition of the show we talked about so many different things with jay i never got an opportunity in the opening or at any point in the show to mention that miguel herrera just got fired as the manager of the Mexican national team for allegedly punching a TV Azteca reporter in the Philadelphia airport uh, early Monday morning Uh, Christian Martinoli of TV Azteca accusing Herrera of punching him get this in the back of the neck and then challenging him to a fight outside punching him in the back of the neck Herrera I mean, he was already on the hot seat. This was just the, the gift to the Mexican Federation, making it easy on new Federation president, Mr. Di Maria, to get rid of the big, fat Gordo, who I love dearly. My God, Nigel Pearson, even as a USA fan, I love Miguel Herrera. Love his antics on the sideline. I'm without Nigel Pearson in the Premier League. No more Miguel Herrera. What's next? Pia Hagi is going to get fired by Sweden. All my favorite managers are getting the axe. I'm going to shed a tear. Nah, I'll get over it. October 9th, he's going to head Mexico at the Rose Bowl. I love it. Nate Abrea signing off for World Soccer Talk Radio. Cheers. Talk tomorrow.